the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hi there, and welcome to today's broadcast of Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stan from Grace Bible Church in Hayward, online at grace-bible.com. Our current series is focused on the story of Moses and his people striving to reach the promised land. Patience is a virtue, as we all know, and we can certainly identify with the Israelites' impatience as they were stuck in Egypt. Join us as we go to Pastor Jesse for today's message in the book of Exodus. Moses tried, but Moses wasn't Jesus. Request was denied. And that's what the text says here over in verse 30, uh, 33. And the Lord said unto Moses, whosoever has sinned against me, him will I do what? That's called justice. Did y'all get that? Now, Moses struggled with that. This is why I want to move you over into point number uh, two for time's sake. Moses struggled with that. Moses struggled with, now he's trying to intercede. Let me, let me help you guys with this a little bit. We're going to bring it down before we go back up. Now I want you to understand, Moses trying to figure out what it means to be an intercessor. He's trying to figure out what it means to intervene. He's trying to figure out what it means to be uh, an advocate. That's what some of us are called to be. Many of your different fields of life are advocacy fields. You guys know that, right? But you have to know sometimes you come across um, ambivalent situations where you don't quite know how to negotiate what you're doing for someone and it becomes a struggle because sometimes in your intervention, you are actually justifying the wicked. See, that's what COVID was, just in case y'all don't get it. COVID was a scam employed to be put upon humanity and good interventionists were simply doing what they were told, but they violated the rules because they didn't understand the product that they were told to give to people. That's a rule. You got to know the product. And the enemy was able to lie to everybody and say, we can't tell you what the product is. What in the heck is a system by which you're telling me to put something in my body and you don't even know what the product is? I might as well go to the dope fiend on the dope dealer on the corner, right? That same outcome. Is that right? I'm just showing you how the landscape can get uh, what they call perversed where you who are called to be interventionists end up serving wicked causes and inadvertently do it and not really know it. I'm making sense. And Moses is struggling with how to stand for God and stand for the people too. This is why chapter 34 is a real, a real insight. This is where Moses is, okay, God, can we have a conversation? Since you're going to kill people whenever you want to, and you still want me to lead them. I'm not right. I'm not sure how these numbers add up. Because if what you did today is something that happens every week, I don't even think we're going to make it out the first year. Because, I, I, you know, as much as I'm upset with Aaron, I actually agree with him. These people are set on mischief. So Moses has to have a conversation with God. 
Like sometimes, I'm going to make application while I got you. I'm so glad I have you. As a mother, you're an advocate. As a father, you're an advocate. Sometimes your children are so complicated. Right? And you know they're not doing right. But you don't know how to solve it. Sometimes you're trying to talk to them, but you don't have the right words to actually grant them the epiphany. But you do have a sword because, you know, when they get out of line, you're going to pull that sword out. But you don't want to pull the sword out because you love them and you just know they're blind. So you go to God. God, what can I say to them to help them come to understand they're in a bad way? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? And sometimes God is going to say, you're going to have to exercise tough love. They got to go. But that's counterintuitive to my nature, Lord. I kind of want to just give them whatever they want. And then God says, well, then look at the 21st century in America. And this is what you get with kids when you just give them what, you, what they want. You see this transgender culture? This here is what we call unconditional love. Don't laugh. That's, what, that's exactly what the trans community called it. If you love us, just let us do whatever we want to. That's why I don't buy into that adjective. And nothing unconditional. Everything has trade-offs. Everything has boundaries and parameters, especially the sacrificial love of God in Christ. Did y'all hear what I said? Right. If you just let your children do whatever they want to do, you are not loving them. According to the Bible, here's what the proverb says. A child left to himself will bring everybody to shame. And that is the culture we are growing up in, where children are left to themselves. And the government has now hijacked them and has inserted into their mind through all kind of mechanisms that they can feel one way and actually define themselves according to their feelings and deny reality. And parents are fit to be tied because they don't know how to love their children in the truth. Am I making some sense? And so our world is going through the neo-Gnostic alchemy process of change. But as I stated to you before, and I want to move into that point in close, the world is changing in one direction and God's elect are changing in another direction. As the world is changing and morphing into the Antichrist beast system of the devolutionary manifestation and phenotype of what used to be the Imago Dei. See, we actually believe that all humans are created originally in the Imago Dei. Would you agree? But when you leave them to themselves, they are going to devolve into devils. Either you're going to be a child of God or a child of the devil. And I can tell you what the devil looks like. He looks like everything that is a parody and contrary to God. All right, so now watch what goes on. Moses Moses, under point number two, a, a conversation about clarity, a conversation about clarity. I, I, I love this. This is actually going to be uh, chapter, chapter uh, 33, verse 11. And the Lord, I'm sorry, ver, uh, yeah, I should start at verse 7. And Moses took the tabernacle and pitched it without the camp. Now, do you see what Moses just did? He took the tabernacle and pitched it outside of the camp and called the tabernacle Uh, and, And called it the tabernacle of the congregation. And it came to pass that everyone which sought the Lord went out from their camps unto the tabernacle of the congregation, which was without the camp. Do you understand what happened? The tabernacle was in the camp and it was surrounded by the tribes 
And God says, take my house out, way out yonder, and plant it out there. And Israel watched Moses do that, and Israel understood that God had separated himself from them. Did y'all get that? Because God was in the midst. But because they did not have reverence for God in the midst, God says, I got to go way out here. Because if you go back to like verse five or six, you know what God says? Moses, I'm going to kill up every one of these people if I stay in the midst of them. Did you hear what I just stated? So Israel understands the implications. God has removed himself far from them. But that was because they first moved themselves far from God. Draw near to God. He will draw near to you. Remove yourself from God and he will remove himself from you. The space between you and God is based upon either your humility or your pride. He knows the wicked afar off. And so now they're struggling. And so Moses is now running and talking to God. You see what I meant by Moses struggling? You guys understand that? Because Moses is dealing with a consuming fire. And these people are behaving like bramble bushes. Now, you know those two don't go together real well. And notice what it says over here in verse, uh, verse 10. I want to move forward. And all the people saw the cloudy pillar stand at the tabernacle door. And all the people rose up and they worshiped every man in his tent. And the Lord spoke to Moses, what? Face to face as a man speaks unto his friend. And he turned again into the camp. I want you to mark this. And his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, the young man, departed not out of the tabernacle. So remember, Joshua is a key because Joshua is a transition point. I'm just going to let you know. Joshua is the brother always doing what God wants him to do. But he's always remaining subordinate to Moses. He's always near. And God's going to put Moses in a place, in a, uh, uh, Joshua in a place right here while Moses goes with God. So I want you to leave Joshua over here for a moment. I'm going to show you something. Watch this. This is what goes on. I'm over in verse 11. And the Lord spoke to Moses in verse 12. And Moses said unto the Lord, see, you have said to me, bring this people up uh, and that you uh, that he bring this people up. And thou has not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name and you have also found grace in my sight. Is not Moses pleasing, pleading with God. Now, therefore, I pray thee, if I have found grace in your sight, show me now your way that I might know you, that I might find grace in your sight and consider that this nation is your people. What a great plea. First of all, all Moses is saying, Lord, I haven't figured you out. A way is a lifestyle. It's a character. It's a pattern. Jesus said, I am the way. And Moses is saying, show me your pattern, Lord, because I'm not clear on what's getting ready to happen next month. That makes all the sense in the world, right? Moses is supposed to be God's man. He can run up and talk to God. And Moses is just as clueless as anybody else. I hear him. Please listen to how God responds. And God said to Moses, my presence shall go with you and I will give you rest. Do you see it? I want you to get that. A lot of you guys have emotionalized that verse, but I'm going to show you something. You've emotionalized that verse, but I'm going to show you. It is a promise. What he's telling Moses is, Moses, whatever I do, understand this. My my presence will go with you. I love that, okay? I love that. So I want you to get what's going on. It says over in verse 16, for wherein shall it be known, this is Moses, that I and your people, 
Because now Moses know God said, you my dude. But Moses want God to affirm that the people are his. I get you, Moses. He said, uh, and your people have found grace in your sight. Is it not that you will go with us? Is it not that you will go with us? See, formation is broken, isn't it? Because the, the tabernacle is outside of the military stratagem. Moses is saying, God, you got to go with us. If you don't go with us, we don't, I, I, I'm not moving. I thank God for Moses. This is called mediation. Listen to it. He says, so shall we be separated. I and your people from all the people that are upon the face of the earth. In your own time, meditate upon verse 16. The sin of American Christianity is, is not separated enough. The sin of American Christianity is, is way too wrapped up in the world. Way too. See, there's a time to be in the world, but there's a time to be out. There's a time to engage the world and there's a time to separate from the world. See, there's a lot of professing Christians that don't spend any substantial time with God. And you can tell by what their passions are. See, when you really love somebody, you love hanging out with them. With the rest of the people, you know, you carve out time for them. But that's not your love. And this is what we call worldly Christians. People who love this world. So they pinch up a few minutes for God, and the rest of the time, they're engaging in the idolatrous lust of what was depicted by Israel worshiping the golden calf and becoming naked before their enemies. This is why the church doesn't have a covering today. It's naked spiritually. It doesn't have a covering. Now, when you have a covering, that means you're in relationship with God because God is our covering. When you have a covering, it means you have a shield and a buckler and a panoply to deal with the warfare. And Jesus is our armor. But when you're not walking right with God, you're naked. And when you're naked, you're more like the serpent than you are God because the serpent is the naked one. I taught y'all that. And God does not want you to be naked. That's why he clothed them with coats of skin. And that's why he has given us the righteousness of Christ. But that righteousness ought to be something that you and I are acquainting ourselves with more and more so that we go, oh, how I love Jesus. More, more about Jesus and more time with Jesus. And here's going to be the reason why. Give me five more minutes. Because when people actually know you spent time with Jesus, there's an anointing. That results from it. There's an anointing. Here's what Mo God said to Moses. Verse 17. And the Lord said, Moses, I will do this thing that you have spoken for me. For you found grace in my sight, and I know you by name. And Moses just bursts out. I beseech you, show me your glory. See, that boy wants it bad. Y'all to want it. And he said, I will make all my goodness pass before you. I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious. I'll show mercy on whom I will show mercy. You see it? And he said, you cannot see my face, for there shall no man see my face and live. And this is why I told you that when Moses was in that shroud, in that secret place with God, there was a veil between Moses and God where Moses never saw God's face personally. 
He talked to God in a conversation that was like face-to-face, but Moses never saw what we call the absolute attributes of God. Did y'all get that? Because as God said, he wouldn't be able to endure it. So it's important to know that to talk to God plainly, where God talks to you and you talk to God without a mediator, is a huge blessing. Now, any one of y'all in the house coming to me saying, I talk to God like that, I'm just letting you know now, you are a liar and the truth is not in you. No man has seen God at any time. Only he who is in the bosom of the Father, he has revealed him. You can't get to Jesus apart from the Holy Ghost. You can't get to the Holy Ghost apart from the Word of God. And you can't get the Word of God until somebody teaches you aright the Word of the living God. I hear it all the time from all of my charismatic and Pentecostal friends. I talk to God for myself. And I go, that's why you sound so crazy. (laughs) How can I know except some man teach me? And beginning at the same scripture, Philip expounded to the Ethiopian all things concerning Christ. The Ethiopian is struggling with Isaiah 53. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter. And, from, and before his shearers, he opened not his mouth. And Philip says, do you understand what you're reading? He says, how can I unless someone teach me? That's called humility. All of these ad hoc folk that want to be prophets and prophetesses, please leave them alone. To the law and to the testimony. If they don't speak according to this book, it's because there's no light in them. And the light that's in them is not the light of Christ. I'm just helping you because what's getting ready to happen. I'm going to pick this up next week. I want to show you two things. But what's getting ready to happen in the world that I live in is things are getting ready to go from bad to worse. And that's because these things have occurred before. All resets, all revolutions have this kind of dissemination, this kind of unraveling, this kind of massive deconstruction and chaos. And when it's that way, all kind of groups of people rise up with charismaniac visions and revelations, okay? We've been through this before. And so you're getting ready to see all kinds of stuff, only it's going to be exponentially much more complex because they will be utilizing artificial intelligence and technology, which is already capable of deceiving the masses of the people. Are you hearing me? The capacity of AI to mimic human beings is almost undetectable now. And when you are old and senile, and a lot of us are old and senile now, and they don't have the capacity for discerning, they don't know how to tell when they are listening to a bot and a human being, they are being hoodwinked. I'm telling you from personal experience, it's, it's a plague happening on our society right now. They're being hoodwinked. They can't tell the difference between the real and the true. And we are in trouble because we have not valued the real. We have not valued relationships. And to the degree that we are living far more comfortably through in the metaverse, we are susceptible to the deception and it will be at our own volitional choice. Am I making some sense? Right. You and I need grace from God. And as I stated, the world is changing in one way. And like the people of Israel, they're trapped. And here Moses is talking with God. This whole time, only person talking with God is Moses, right? Only person talking with God. Seemed like all those people should have just crammed Moses and moved him out the way and went into the tabernacle. They should have been desperate to come to the tabernacle and just surround the tabernacle. 
because the cloud was there. The fire was there. They should have been hungry for God to prove, oh, now they're waiting on Moses, as they rightly should. They're waiting on Moses. I'm going to come back here next week and show you the glory of Christ. We have to partake of the Lord's table. We have to partake. Look at chapter 34. This is the promise that God made. He told Moses, I'm going to put you in a cleft of the rock. You guys remember that. I'll take away my hand and show you my glory. And notice what it says over in verse 4. I'm sorry, verse 5. And the Lord descended in the cloud, chapter 34, 5. And the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with who there? Moses. And proclaimed the name of the Lord. And the Lord passed by before him and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord God, merciful, gracious, long-suffering, abundant, and goodness and truth keeping mercy for thousands and forgiving iniquity and transgression. Do you know what we call that? The attributes of God's mercy. But they don't stop there. Here's justice. And, uh, And notice what it says, and visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and upon the children's children unto the third and fourth generation and in the Decalogue of them that hate me. That's called justice, isn't it? These are the two attributes of the true and the living God that we all have to live with. Like God is immutable, unchangeable. Would you agree with that? So he does show mercy, but he shows mercy on the conditions of who we are in Christ. It's never unconditional mercy. He always also executes justice. So here is how it goes, ladies and gentlemen. Mercy is to all who will repent and believe on the Lord Jesus and trust Christ as their mercy seat. All who rebel against God will face God in his justice. He will spy them out and destroy them rightly because they're living in their rebellion. Am I making some sense? Now, Moses saw the coming down of the Lord. You guys saw that? This is for those of you who are new. Who is it that came down? Jesus. He's the one always coming down. He's the visible Yahweh. The Father's always in heaven. The second person, the visible Yahweh, he comes down like he did in the flesh. And notice what the text says. He stood by Moses. That's point number two. He came down and he stood by Moses. Y'all got that? That means he's got Moses' back. Moses, you're my boy. I'm with you. Isn't that what he kept saying to him? I'm with you. And here Jesus is right up against Moses, is he not? Is this not the Mount of Transfiguration when Jesus spake with Moses and Elijah in the Mount? So as Jesus, the pre-incarnate Son of God, is with Moses here, Moses in his glory hangs out with Jesus when Jesus takes on a human nature. Y'all get the parallels? It's the law and the prophets and Christ, the chief cornerstone. Now this is important because God comes to us only in the person of Christ. He stands with us only because Christ is our mediator, our substitute, our intercessor. And Christ stands with us to reveal to us the Father. Because notice what Christ is about to do. He's about to proclaim the name of the Lord, is he not? What a great worship service. Just Moses and the preacher, Jesus. And notice what it says. He descended there and proclaimed the name of Yahweh. So he's what? He's preaching. That's our term, to preach. Verse 6. Verse 6. Notice what it says. And the Lord did what? He, it, didn't he just tell Moses he was going to do that? This is Jesus passing by Moses. 
declaring the Father's glory. And Moses is enjoying an illustration of the revelation of the invisible God in the person of Christ. Please listen carefully to me, ladies and gentlemen. God reveals his glory, but it's a redemptive glory that he reveals to us because we could never handle his absolute glory. Well, you are listening to Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stand from Grace Bible Church here in Hayward. Closing out our time together today, we invite you to reach out to us. Let us know how the program encourages you in your walk with Christ. Questions, comments, prayer requests are always welcome. You can either write to us, give us a call, or stop by our website and drop us an email. Now, the best place to go, of course, is the website. Not only will you be able to write to us via email, you'll be able to get more information about who we are, what we believe, worship times, how to get here. Grace-Bible.com is our website. Again, that's Grace-Bible.com. If you wish to give us a call, the number is 510-886-9782. That's 510-886-9782. If you're writing to us, our address is 22768 Main Street. That's 22768 Main Street. Here in Hayward, the zip code, 94541. That's 22768 Main Street, Hayward, California, 94541. One final note as we close out our time today, this program is listener-supported. If you wish to partner with us, we would be more than grateful. This broadcast airs throughout the Bay Area, as well as online, impacting thousands for the sake of Christ. And that is our hope and our goal. If you'd like to partner with us along those lines, feel free to write or give us a call. No gift is too large, no gift too small, whether a one-time gift or a monthly support. You're more than welcome to reach out. We would love to partner with you as we minister the gospel of Jesus to the Bay Area and the World Wide Web. Thank you for spending time with us today. Until next time, may Christ be your way of grace. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.